Welcome to episode five of the Sourcing Challenge Show. My name is Mark Lundgren. In this weekly show, I'll be having conversations with sources from around the world to talk about how they got into sourcing, what tools they're using, and what exciting projects they're working on. This week's episode is brought to you by SourceCon, the sourcing conference that's coming to Budapest in June this year. I asked SourceCon editor Shannon Pritchett and Max to tell us a bit about what to expect. So Max, what are we going to expect in Budapest? All right, so we have about 20 speakers, which is uh, pretty good for our first show. It's going to be two full days. I think that's in the beginning, um, it, it's, it's a far, okay, wait, he wants to go away. It's a different conference than what you typically expect, right? Um, I would say come prepared to learn a lot of information. SourceCon has extended the early bird pricing to the 23rd of March. So if you haven't already, make sure to go in your book your ticket now and use the discount code SCFAMILIA to get an extra 10% discount. In this week's episode, I'm talking to Guillaume Alexandre from Gate Solution in Switzerland to talk about how he got into sourcing, what a normal week looks like, and what he'll be speaking about at SourceCon in Budapest. How did you get started in sourcing? Um, I think just like everybody who started in sourcing, or most of us, uh, was through struggle. Um, so back, uh, back when sourcing was not called sourcing, so 2007, 2006 I arrived in Switzerland, uh, and my job was to uh, find SAP people. Uh, I was only doing SAP, only permanent positions, only in Switzerland, and five big major competence centers was opening up. Uh, and Switzerland was not creating, producing any SAP specialists. So, um, so uh, it was pretty simple. Uh, you have to go and find those people. And back in the days, they were absolute divas, and that would not answer to you. So how do you find them? And how do you convert them and try to convince them that your clients, who are absolutely amazing, um, deserve five minutes of their time to talk about and maybe join? So I, I brought here a competence center from like 15 people to a hundred and something so by oh, recruiting cool. a lot of people uh which is nice uh and uh, and yeah and so got to know the old sap scene and uh when i so i had my company back in the day uh well i didn't have my company i set up my company back in 2011 as an agency first um so having people and everybody was specialized like we had people in medtech and people in whatever so i had up to 12 people but uh it was always i always loved doing hard stuff to find like mm -hmm. if it was too easy don't ask me for an accountant it's just boring <laughs> um so uh so finding finding hard to find people cybersecurity guys it but also engineering and also uh, surprisingly enough um the watchmakers were super hard to find Okay. Because what do you do when you have a guy who is behind uh, a desk with no computer, um, polishing tiny stuff all day long, hasn't got a computer at home, uh, doesn't look at adverts, doesn't reply to anything? Um, how do you get hold of them? And uh, and the answer was Facebook. So um, um, so yeah. So I think the big moment where I actually started calling sourcing sourcing was the first ever sourcing summit Europe um where i i got a free ticket because they were asking like set up give us like amazing crazy sourcing challenges that you have uh and uh we'll see if irina shamaeva can solve them live i was like irina trying to solve one of my problems i've got many problems so i submitted a few and got picked up got a free ticket and i was in that room with about i don't know not even a hundred people and and I just found 
uh, it was just a haha moment, you know, one of those moments in life where you have a guy called Balash Paroxai who comes on stage and says, um, this is Facebook and this is how the graph search works. <laughs> and now you have access to 500 million people. Um, and I was like, okay, so that's definitely something different. Uh, something I was, I was already into the Boolean and reading Boolean Black Belt, Glenn Cassie blogs and everything. Um, and, I, and I thought that is definitely what I want to do. Um, that's cool. That's, uh, that's, that's geeky. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm, I'm not shy to say that I am definitely a geek. Uh, there are lots of things that needs to be, uh, that needs to be done. It's an absolute blank field or pretty much because yeah, it was really uh, the beginning of the beginning. And, um, and so I, I jumped two fits in, still had people in my company. And um, I realized that I was not having fun with having people around me, uh, like being a manager. Because when you have 12 people in a company, you, you manage people. You've got KPIs and you've got all that. And I was just, that part of the job was not making me happy at all. Um, okay. And through, um, and I was going to true events, like true Paris and all that. Um, and I realized that's, yeah, that's the community I want to be part of. That's what I want to do. And I discovered what's now been for two years, my business model, which is to, to be entirely a sourcer, to work together with um, internal recruiters only, no agencies or anything, and doing the sourcing for them, um, mm -hmm. but not being paid on a success fee basis or anything just like that. Like, like that hire me because of my sourcing skills. Yeah. I find everybody, I find contact and engage people. I say, this is a market. These, these are the people choose because it's, it's free available data, uh, choose who you, who you'd like to talk to and I'm going to approach them for you and organize coffees. So I, it's as if I was working for a coffee company, pretty much I'm, I'm <laughs> organizing coffee for uh, very hard to find people with, um, with great companies. Um, it's going amazingly well. Uh, like people are calling me, and that's it. So always been also in lots of sourcing contests and the source and grandmasters things and the world greatest sources things, and always trying to to go above and beyond, yeah. uh, and and going always a bit further, and uh, and yeah, that's how I got into the source con community and all the all those things that I absolutely love. So what's good, what I love is I keep doing extremely different things um mm -hmm. i work for very big companies like find me all the dot nets of the second largest city of sweden all right because we're setting up a new team that's fun but i'm also working for like engineering companies asking me find me a, an engineer specialized in um in nuclear plants and structural side of things um and the guy must be uh, approved as a confidential defense like defense approved and whatever yeah. so when you think i always think like job money location that job i can't talk about because i don't understand it and i can't talk about it um money is just okay and location is really middle of nowhere because it's like a, a, not, a power plant almost yeah <laughs> yeah almost a military site and things like that so um so uh, so these are challenges so i i love challenges um and uh and and yeah it's just it's just tremendous amount of fun because so i work on on five requirement tops per month not more um and i just try to go and dig and find and 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 do things that people just don't do which is i'm in the country of of post and pray um 
99.9% of recruitment is done by post and pray yeah. because Switzerland is fairly attractive. So yeah. uh, people do respond to adverts. But if it doesn't work, where do you go? How, what do you do? Um, how, yeah, how can you push the game? Um, so, yeah, it's... How, how is, I mean, you've, you've worked in France, obviously, and, and now with Switzerland, and you work with a lot of different countries. How is, yeah. how is Switzerland different? And how would, um, if companies are coming into Switzerland, how would they need to do things differently from a kind of sourcing point of view? From a sourcing point of view, the way you have to see in Switzerland is we've got an extremely limited amount of channels where you can post. Like there is like one job board, which is represent like 90% of the business plus indeed and, and, and Google all that. But it's, it's a very extremely traditional way of doing things on one hand. Um, and, um, and it, it works in communities. Like you've got the expat community, uh, the international expat community, we're talking about the whole country is 7 million people, but it's actually divided seven, well, 65, 70% of the German side of Switzerland, which is an entirely different country. <laughs> um, so if you're talking only about the French part of Switzerland, we're talking 1.5, 2 million people um, divided in three, four, five major cities, um, Geneva and Lausanne being the big ones. So everybody know each other, um, but still they, they connect in different ways. So, uh, in a sourcing point of view, I love what I call behavioral sourcing. Where do people hang out? Um, yeah. Because they don't, uh, they don't do, there, there are a few tech meetups, for example, that you can go and scrape, but it's, it's, uh, it's a lot. Uh, there are some Facebook groups. There are very few people on Twitter, for example. But when you do manage to get hold of, sometimes I get hold of the mailing list. Um, and this is just like... <laughs> tremendous because people don't even bother they just see each other and you've got the whole list there yeah so i'm just trying to, to focus on where the people are um how do they interact together uh, and how to get into this um and the fact that there isn't a lot of noise on linkedin for mm -hmm. example because not a lot of people tend to stand out uh or, or, or are actually trying to do things differently on all those channels it is fairly easy to be seen. Um, and when you contact people, I, I, it happens to me very often that people t tell me, I'm not connected to them, I don't know who they are, but they say, I've heard of you. <laughs> I, I've, I've, I, I've seen your posts uh, because somebody liked it and, and, and because there is not a lot of activity on, on LinkedIn um, or much less than, than other places, um, it's easy to make noise. Um, if you make the right noise the right way to the right people so mm -hmm. it's um it's uh you have to understand the people um you must not go crazy like a cowboy and try to i don't know do things mass like mass mailing and all that and because nobody is shaping their emails in the proper way here well very very few people when you send emails to swiss people being what sources have been telling everywhere for several years it does really make a difference like mm -hmm. it's 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 great because people keep thanking me for doing my job um and this is this is this is really pretty nice um and yeah i don't know it's 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 really a village uh where everybody does the same things has been doing the same things for the past 30 years and the fact that you do things differently 
makes a massive difference and and people do tend to take it very positively that's good what's some uh, some exciting things that you're working on now then i'm all about i i'm lacking data um the the data that people put online is is fairly limited um mm -hmm. they tend to not fill their linkedin profiles for example mm -hmm. so i've got i've got i've got linkedin profiles that's not a problem um they're empty so um my whole thing for the past month and and for the and and for the following months and that's actually one of the things i'm going to talk about at source in budapest is uh, is how to search linkedin without entering a single keyword mm -hmm. um because if you do start relying on keywords you're lost uh because you're relying on the fact that people put information there yeah. and this is a wrong statement um because if you do uh, if you're looking for a Java developer and put Java developer, you're, you're going to call the same as any monkey anywhere else, right? But if you start looking at Twitter and, and just gathering names and scraping names and trying to enrich the data, so I'm, I'm a lot using, I love using different systems and APIs and lots of things like that. And then I just end up knowing exactly because I found their Git, I, I found a tweet which brings me to the GitHub, so I know they're good. I'm going to keep, because it's Switzerland and when I'm working in Switzerland, I'm going to keep LinkedIn as my first point of contact mm -hmm. um, because it's like professional, it's clean, it's like all that. Uh, but I don't come to them saying, you've got a nice profile. Uh, I'm going to tell them, your profile is absolutely empty, but I've seen this. I, I, know, I know who you are. I know who you, who you hang with. Um, uh, yeah, I love scraping followers of people on GitHub. Um, for example, because what I, I what I realize is, if you go to GitHub, you find one guy, and what one of my big things is what I call mushroom picking. Yeah. Um, if 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 you go picking up mushrooms, um, every time you find one mushroom, there are many many mushrooms around, um, <laughs> and I want to make sure that next to my mushroom that I manage to find, what's around. So scraping all the followers, the followees, who follows that person, be that on on any social site they are. And then I say, well, let's be honest, if you are part of a meetup, even if you're just a member and you're following that guy, you're definitely on the same technology as the guy. Mm. Uh, there is a high chance. Yeah. So I can say, and when I contact them, I say, well, I see you're in this meetup. I see you're following that guy. Um, do you happen to be that type of developer? Yeah, I mean, but you, just, you justify why you're contacting them. You're not just exactly. blindly saying it's like, oh, since you are... Like we all get those emails since you're a good Java developer, like all recruiters who's never recruited in Java get those uh, exactly. from other recruiters that haven't actually looked at our profile. But yeah. you're just honest about like, I think you are what I'm looking for. Uh, this is why. Um, and that's the difference. Exactly. And, um, and I'm doing a lot of work towards the people I work with. It's, it's, I, I create my own theories, but that's what I call the, the Baker theory um it's uh they keep telling a java guy, a java developer on the on the on the advert that just like a baker we're looking for somebody to put flour together with water together with yeast and wait and stick it in the oven i'm saying they don't care like they're already doing that explain me why i should come and work in your bakery um so explain me why should someone come and work in your company and and, 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 and it's very funny, but sometimes I go to intake meetings with managers because I always do myself the intake meeting with the managers and sometimes they invite me to come in. 
I, I just take the job description and I just do that in front of them. I say, I don't care about that. And it's, it's extremely shocking for them, extremely shocking. Uh, and I say, now talk to me about the job. Talk to me about why you're working in your company. Why haven't you left um, yet? So this is a, a, a very different approach uh, because the way people are used to here is like, um, I'm a recruiter, I'm coding HR, I'm working successfully. All right, this is job spec. I shoot it to you, find me guys and see what happens. And, and, and the fact that I'm not working successfully, that I'm, it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm very weird um, and, 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 and super happy. Um, and my clients are happy. Like, That's good. So, yeah, they're coming so what, what kind of roles do you work on? Is it, is it predominantly roles in Switzerland then, or is it a bit all over the place? It's a bit all over the place. Being French speaker, of course, native French speaker, it's mainly French speaking roles. So I would mm -hmm. say 80% of them are predominantly French speaking. Some clients have asked me, like, can you go and find people in Germany or all that? I, I, and I think that for sourcing, you, you must have a level of understanding of the language. If you really want to be efficient about how to shape your emails and all that, and, and you must be uh, at least very, very fluent in the language. So I only take assignments where I, where I feel comfortable in the language. So mm -hmm. be that English or French or Spanish, but I don't really do that. But uh, yeah, it's it's mainly it's mainly France, mainly Switzerland, and sometimes uh, like UK, Sweden, Belgium, Holland, all that everywhere where you can really interact with people in English. What, what's the? Is there a special way, kind of, to approach people in 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 Francophone Switzerland and in France um, that would be very different from like if you're doing it in English? The it's not about the French people. Um, it's about the type of people within France. You don't speak to an IT, a French IT guy, the same way as you would speak with an engineer, as the same way you would speak with a lawyer, the same way you would speak with. So it's it's really the level of proximity you have to put in your emails and and all that uh, really depends on the type of community. Because uh, in French we've got the tu and vous, like mm -hmm. the the, yeah, the formal and informal. Exactly. Yeah. So what do you use? When? How? What? The way you shape, the way you approach the people. Uh, can be very different in terms of community and also depending on the type of clients uh, that you're working with. Like I'm working quite a lot with luxury goods clients, which is fun, but at the same time, I can't be all crazy geek, woohoo, join us, all that. Like I, I'm, I'm embedded 100% in the employer brand. Yeah. Um, so if the employer brand has decided to distanciate themselves from the candidate, uh, it's also my job to, uh, to, um, to keep that distance, even though I do make it much shorter than they're used to. <laughs> but still, it's, it's yeah, it, it's less, when I work in the UK, it's straight to the face. Because you've been headhunted 20,000 times in your life. You've got recruiters calling you <clears throat> 20 times a day. So this is why I make a difference. For France and Switzerland, they are less, less used to that. Or they are so fed up by that because they get a massive amount of people. Like, yeah, I, I did .NET developers in Paris. My return rates were shit at the beginning. Like I really struggled to manage to get them to reply to me. I did, but it took me a long time really because the guy tell me, well, I get between 10 and 20 emails a week minimum. Wow. So why should I even reply? Um, every time they see it's a template, every time they realize it's a template, they don't answer. I'm not saying I'm not doing templates. I'm doing them, but I'm doing them the smart way. Um, and always adding a pinch of personalization into it to make it, uh, to make it slightly different. Every time people see it's a sequence of emails in IT in Paris, they don't respond. Uh, very, very careful on, on all that. So.
quite fun stuff. Uh, you were speaking about, uh, yeah, your talk in, in Budapest. Tell me a bit about what you're going to be touching on there. Yeah, I'm, I'm really going to be talking about uh, how to enrich data through APIs. So step one is to be able to scrape, of course. So where do you go and scrape a large amount of data? Why? What do you do with that data? And how can you either use it and, and, and search in other places and use things that are not APIs, but for example, I'm using Amazing Hiring um, by just sticking names into it and not skills or anything not using mm -hmm. the search functionalities as search functionalities but really trying to say all right you've got a lot of data in your database i want to know all about that and i want to find all those guys and then using other ways to it's also gross hacking and lots of things like that but i find names i want to automatically stick a system that will give me all the linkedin profiles mm -hmm. of those guys i've got that i want to know i'm going to try to enrich and find a twitter account and i'm going to try to stick it into the github api and see uh, have people got a matching name so i've got their github automatically if i know if i have github i have their direct email address mm -hmm. so trying to enrich that data through different means and trying to find information about the people, starting with one tweet, the fact that they belong to a meetup and, and doing that in very large numbers. Because what do you do with a meetup of 2,500 members uh, where you know 50, 60% of them are absolutely irrelevant? You're not gonna stick every name one by one in every system to try to see what's happening. No. So it's doing things by big batches. You do lose quite a lot of names in the, in the, in the process. But in the end, you've got LinkedIn profiles, because I like contacting people on LinkedIn again, of people, and you know they're good for other reasons than the fact they've got keywords in their LinkedIn profile. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's slightly technical in one way, because you take things, you input into a system, you scrape that system again, and then you, put it, you input it into another system, and then you use that information and you scrape it again. So it's, it's a back and forth of scraping, cleaning the information that ends up in giving you very, very good uh, information in the end. And you can do that at once on 100, 200, 300, 400 people. I usually lose about 30, 40% of them. Okay. But in the end, you still have hundreds of people who are potentially good. So... Yeah, so, so. I'm I'm all by myself. So um, if I if I go and pick my mushrooms one by one, um, it's going to take me a lot of time. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I'm talking about tools as well. What what's the kind of tools that you can't live without? Data miner, LinkedIn recruiter. Just not. I think everything I do, I could do in a free LinkedIn. But the fact that I've got LinkedIn recruiter, I can really focus and 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 organize my work and know exactly where I am and have information about everything so yeah don't take that away from me excel uh is very important tool like without excel i would be uh, i would be lost yeah and and yeah I'm, I'm using i'm using lots of different systems after that but it keeps changing like uh as as extensions they come and go and they work and then they don't and then all that but um i want to i i I want to know all the tools always, and then I don't use them all for sure. So, uh, yeah, quick extensions like uh, bulk, bulk URL openers. When you start scraping and you've got long list of people, like I found people, I've managed to find their LinkedIn's, but we're talking about 200 people or 100. Uh, I don't want to click every single one of them, so I'm going to open 15 of them and then just clean very quickly. So um, 
and see who's interested and who's not. Um, so yeah, I think that's it. Don't take away data miner for me. <laughs> well, I've got HubSpot. I've got uh, no the uh, output hub also. Yeah. But uh, but data miner. Once you know how to create a recipe, uh, then everything is just one click away. I remember with Hub, you were one of the ones actually using that like last year or a couple of years ago. And, and yeah. then I stopped hearing about it because everything went to data miner. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, everything you're doing in data miner, you can do it with HubSpot. Maybe even better because you can really go into parent, like visiting a page and scraping information and all that. But the time it takes to create everything um, was was quite a lot compared to data miner when it takes me less than five minutes to create a recipe. And then I just know where I'm going and I'm just thinking, yes, just inputting everything and just click and that's it. I've got my CSV and my Excel and, and all that. Yeah, I love grabbing a lot of information. The way I see things is using a lot of data and, and only contacting a very small amount of people who are absolutely perfect. And I start caring about the people when they are in a manageable pool of people. And that's where I'm really going to spend time um, understanding who they are yeah. and and shaping my emails and unlocking their Facebook before I start calling them because I want to know I'm not going to approach somebody who is in all the groups of uh, I'm a I don't know uh, I love hiking and everything well you love hiking you're in Paris well um, I've got a job in Switzerland so <laughs> definitely my emails is going to touch right on that and all those things trying to understand the, the people's interest without letting them know that I know that of course but uh, yeah of course, if, if I see somebody who likes, I don't know, discos and parties and rave parties in, in Paris, and I've got something in a in a small valley in Switzerland. Neuchâtel in Switzerland, and yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, there are there are other ways to to say it. Yeah. Okay. What's a, what's a typical week look like for you then? I try to take. Uh, I think it's Google who says eighty twenty. Eighty percent of the time you produce and 20% you try to learn and grow and everything. So I think it's about that, like 80% of my time. I, uh, I, I, the way I work, um, I dedicate half days to each sourcing assignment I've got. Mm -hmm. So it's like this morning, I'm going to do that. Just that, like don't, I'm not going to respond to the emails for any other clients or anything. I'm just really focused on that. And then every half day it changes. Um, so my week is kind of planned according to that. And I do allow myself quite a lot of understanding new tools, speaking to people, being on Facebook, being on Twitter, being everything, um, because that's where you grow. That's where you learn from others. That's the information that will make you win a lot of time. Honestly, if you, if you compare two years ago, what I was doing and the same sourcing assignment, the same job um, happened to me the other day. I went back to, I had, pretty much the same job that I had uh, three, four years ago. I went back to the LinkedIn recruiter project and I looked at the people and I was like, man, you were shit. Like you were only looking for keywords of like um, certifications and everything. And I do same role, same company, same everything. It's entirely different the way I approach things. Like I'm on all the websites of capture the flag, web security, whatever contests. Mm -hmm. And I try to find who are the guys? All right, so they're on Twitter. And Twitter means even if they have uh, a username behind, you've got a f uh, 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 you've got a real name, real name. Uh, grab that name, and you contact the guy. And say, you came to Geneva because you were part of this whatever hacking contest. How about coming back for a real job? 
and people are like, wow, you know, you know, I've been there. Especially the cybersecurity guys, they they think that they are invisible on the internet. Yes, exactly. Well, actually, one is. <laughs> I, I, I'm keeping that one for a sourcing contest, maybe one day. <laughs> but there is one guy on LinkedIn. I've got his first name, and I've got his company. I know on his blog, on the blog of his company, he's there. I can't trace him. Like impossible. I don't know his last name. I don't know anything about the guy. Um, he exists somewhere, but I, I, it's my one day that will be maybe the final thing. Uh, I spent maybe already like three, four hours trying to chase the guy because uh, I'm like, I hate it. You, you, you exist. Where are you? Um, so yeah, cybersecurity, I'm having a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm going to be speaking to other sources, obviously, around the world. What's some of the things that you would like to know from other sources or that you had a hard time finding out when you started out? I think it's it's inspiring people who, uh, I think when you start sourcing, the most important thing is you entirely change your mindset from a recruiter, because most of us come from a recruitment background, and that might actually be wrong nowadays. Because the way I see things, a, a, a sourcer is part of what I call people attraction, together with the marketing, HR marketing people. Like we're converting people to candidates. When a recruiter converts a candidate to an employee, like through hiring and evaluation and all that, I'm crap at that. Like, I love everyone, so I want to hire everybody. So don't ask me to become a recruiter. But changing your mindset to you are from you are a candidate and you have to show things to me because I'm the one with the power and uh, I'm the one deciding if you're going to get hired or not. To sourcer, which is you exist. Are you aware that I've got potentially a position, a great opportunity for you, uh, all that, and and convincing that people. Um, and um, I think there are two aspects to sourcing, which is the technical side, finding the data, and then the uh, the engagement side of things, how to get people to respond to you. I think if you want to go into sourcing, finding the tech stuff, fairly easy. Like you've got lots of trainings, lots of blogs online, people keep sharing, you've got groups. You just have to do the work, but it's fairly comprehensive. If you don't change your mentality towards how should I approach people? How should I message? Like seeing the world with a sourcing mentality like you, what are other jobs who are going through the same struggle as I am doing? Like salespeople, for example, and A-B texting, uh, testing and, and sequences of emails and using videos and all that. Those people are have the same problem as I have, and they've sold it that way. And that's how I'm going to put my sourcing goggles on and change the way we see things. And I think it's exactly that that we need more, is people who go and take the time, because it does take time, to say, all right, I've analyzed my problem as a sourcer. We all have the same problems, let's face it. Uh, and I'm going to go there, and I'm going to see what the gross hackers have been doing, which is great, like the Facebook group that yeah, you made. Exactly. Uh, this is what the sales people are doing. This is, and, and not reinventing the wheel, but being inspired by people who've been above and beyond and who could talk to you about how they do things. So um, I think, yeah, what I would like to hear from other sources is, where have you been? Like, what have you done that is different? I know some sources are spending a lot of time on things like Product Hunt, for example, finding new ways, new products, new ideas, and, and putting the sourcing goggles on and saying, how can you readapt that to sourcing? Once you've got that mentality, that way of seeing things, everything becomes clear because you can adapt it to your market, to your way of working, to your client, to your company, to everything. 
this is really that that I would be looking for. It's in, in inspiring people who can tell you, stop looking at doing the same things, to change your mindset, be different. And that's where you grow the most um, to me. Uh, the technical side is amazing, but, uh, but I, I'm not able to do what Aaron Linz does. Um, I've tried, uh, or Victor Soroka, I've tried also. Um, yeah, um, I'm not, I, I know, I, I think I know I don't want to be a developer now. Um, and I love the sources who code thing. Um, thing is, I'm more interested in <clears throat> what would my code need to achieve on the other side of the world to do that for me. Um, do, do, the, do the code and give the code back to me and I'm going to use the tools. Because in the end, all sources will be replaced by AI at some point. Um, so, so it's about how to be smarter than technology and how to use the technology as much as possible and in the smartest possible way. And the thinking process behind it, that makes you grow the most. You started, uh, well, you, you started posting more on your YouTube channel this, uh, this year. Um, yes. And I think you've come out with three or four episodes now. Tell me a bit about that. What, uh, what prompted you to do that and what the has response have been? Why did I do that? That's a very good question. I don't know. Cause I, I set up my company because I didn't want to go anywhere else. I moved to sourcing because nobody else was doing it the way I wanted to do it where I was. I'm doing videos for the exact same reason because I don't see a lot of videos that I'm actually interested in that would give me like a very quick information because I spend a lot of time, uh, I spend 20% of my time understanding what's out there. Why not sharing it? I started a blog, a written blog like last year and, and, and just, uh, I start a new article and it takes me too long and, and things uh, get outdated very, very fast. Uh, so when I read the blog post I wrote 18 months ago, I'm not even agreeing with myself anymore because things have changed and there are other things and all that. So the fact that it's very quick to do and I'm just giving, um, my main plan is to have absolutely no plan. Um, I don't care. I'm not doing that to bring me business. I'm not doing that to bring me anything. I'm just sharing to the community the way I'm organizing through Geneva, spending a lot of my personal time just because I think you have to give and yeah. see what goes around comes around. So for my, for my videos, uh, I was absolutely amazed. Like the GDPR video I made, which is like, you've got, you've got articles everywhere on the web. About yeah, it. but it's articles. Very few, I think very few sourcers or recruiters are talking about yeah. What do we think it's going to mean for us? And my video was really like three or four minutes just saying, uh, you're in deep trouble. Uh, this is what's going to happen. It's going to cost you a lot of money. So either you move or you don't, but on the 25th of May, it's there. So this is what are the implications very quickly. There are two main principles and that's it. Like really, I had 80,000 views on LinkedIn, which is tremendous. Like if you look at the peak of views on my, uh, on my profile, it's, it's, it's crazy. I, I'm, I'm giving classes to master's degree here. And one of the teachers came to me and said, oh, I've seen your video about GDPR and it was great. And I was like, how can you, we're not even linked. So it spreads crazy. I just need to find subjects to talk about. And when I've got something that's catchy, that, ah, oh, well, it's interesting to me. I'll just talk, but lots of people have been asking me, are you going to do that like every week, every two weeks? I don't know. If I see a cool information that I want to pass on, I'll just turn on the camera. Well, it's actually my phone, so it's not even a camera. <laughs> uh, I just, I just stick my phone. I just talk about it very briefly. 
it takes me like between 30 and an, uh, 30 minutes and an hour to do a, a, a quick episode, like all done, ready to post. And that's it, done. But no plan. There is no why. I don't know why I'm doing that. Um, um, I'm not trying to achieve anything. Um, no. There is no point. It's just there. I'm in a country where not a lot of people are talking. Like they keep their secrets. Um, secrets in Switzerland go very well together. It's what they're known for. That and Dublin. Exactly. <laughs> um, and, 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 and watches. But they keep a lot of secrets in watches. And I'm not like that. I'm like, you know what? We're all in this together. You want to know what I know? I'll, I'll have other IDs. Steal my ideas. I, I know lots of people are stealing them. Uh, it's fine. I don't mind. I don't care. Honestly. If I don't need a candidate, yes, I'm giving the candidate for free, which is sin in everything that's recruitment when you're external. But I'm here to help the people. I don't know. I'm just, uh, I'm not internal because there is no, there is not a single company in Switzerland who would be like growing fast enough and who has a sourcing function. There is no company. So there is no job for me here. So I'm just creating my own stuff. And this is who I am, just being open, being honest, being together with the people. I'm sure lots of people don't like it. I know some people like it. That's, that's enough for me. If people want to follow you, uh, Guillaume, where, where can they best find you and, and follow you and the things that you're working on? If they Google me, they should find me. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm, uh, when, I, when I give classes to masters, like I show them how this is how the system looks at you and all that. And I've got all the right keywords in all the right places. If you're just looking for a sourcer in Switzerland, my name should pop up in first. If not, like, if you want to hide a dead body, hide it on page two of Google. Nobody ever goes there. So I'll be on page one. So be that my name. Uh, I'm, I'm a lot, for the French speakers, I'm, I'm quite a lot on Twitter. Just once again, because nobody here is on Twitter, so I'm, I'm entirely free and I can say all the silly things I want to. Um, no filter. Uh, that's not, yeah. so, uh, so LinkedIn, of course, Twitter, then everywhere else. But I, I'm like, anybody who Googles me will find me. Just never assume that I will call anyone i don't do business development i haven't given a single call in the last three four years and i'm not going to do that i'm not a sales guy um i don't know just come otherwise yeah if people from switzerland are listening um i know the whole yeah there are not lots but okay uh, yeah come to true geneva it's a, it's a fun day so it's on the 17th of april otherwise sourcing summit in uh, munich i'll be there i'll be in sourcecon budapest uh, I'll be in Amsterdam, of course. I'll be in London, Sourcing Summit UK. True uh, Paris, also 24th of April. So I'm doing the whole uh, conference show and everything. So uh, I'll, they should find me, honestly. <laughs> if they're looking for me, they just, yeah, look for me. <laughs> that sounds good. Thank you very much, Guillaume. It was a pleasure. Thank it was a pleasure. Much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you all for watching. I'll be back next week with a new sourcing conversation, this time from the Netherlands, where I'll be talking to Smila van der Duren from the company Pokey.